Welcome to the Rolling Stones Studs, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British invasion, hosted by your own bad boys. It's Pete. And I am PJ. A Beach Boys Boys production. Yeah. yeah. It is indeed a Beach Boys Boys production. Um, and don't you forget it. I can't. I'm, I'm genuinely thinking about hiring somebody to do voiceovers. We should so have it. it. We should get yeah. someone to do all our intros and then also just be like our Andy Richter and stand to the s- and just be on the Zoom yeah. but not be allowed to talk unless they think of something pretty funny to like interject with. Yeah. See, I think it'd be great to have a talk show where it's two hosts and then also an Andy Richter, Richter type. Yeah. That's perfect. I mean, what late night format or what late night show, I mean, hasn't tried two hosts and a sidekick? Exactly. It's I genius. mean, most most do the one host, two sidekicks, but there was an era of television that most people don't remember where it was always two hosts, one sidekick. See, what I'm thinking is two hosts, right? Yeah. One sidekick. And then mm-hmm. usually the one host will have a sidekick and then like their band leader will be like a funny guy. But I guess that's what I mean about second sidekick. No, yeah. that's what I figured you meant. Um, but I'm thinking two hosts one sidekick mm-hmm. the whole band can chime in whenever they want that's what and it's I gonna was... be yeah i was literally waiting for you to be done so i could say the entire band has microphones <laughs> yeah and um PJ, we're on the same fucking wavelength today man. This is maybe we should start the first tandem talk show yeah It'd be i mean if we're coming too. up with if we're spinning this kind of gold without even yeah. like talking about it beforehand then what could we do with a late night slot on nbc exactly I mean, we'd be better than fucking Jimmy Fallon. That guy can go fuck himself. It's. I don't think that there is one current late night host that we could not be better than. And I'm really being serious about that. That is a good. I Conan's still good, but he just like, I mean, he announced that he's ending his talk show and he's just gonna do a travel oh, show kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Conan is good, but I would say. There comes a point in every talk show host's life where they're just no longer that funny. Like, you kind of need a little bit of a fresher, especially now when talk shows don't matter and aren't part of the cultural conversation. Right. Um, They're just YouTube channels, essentially. Yeah, like, you need a little bit of a fresher voice, which is why Jimmy Fallon is so successful, because he came up with all those funny things and stuff to do. Exactly. I love the one he does where um, the... The, the celebrity that is on his show that he's interviewing mm-hmm. has to tell a story about the last time they shit their pants and then they have to reenact yeah. it dressed like a baby. Yeah. It's so goofy. It is really funny. And you know what? It's just one of those things that only the fucked up mind of Jimmy Fallon could think yeah. of. You know? The and that's random why, honest, fucked that's why up so South Park humor of Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just knows Jimmy for his appearances on South Park. Exactly. His appearances on other Beavis and dirty Butthead. TV shows. Yeah. Sure. What are some other dirty cartoons? I mean, on television, not the kind you watch. Every okay. Night in your. Bedroom. I was gonna say I. There's this art form called hentai that I've uh, been <laughs> delving pretty deep into lately. I think my favorite Jimmy Fallon bit ever is when he had the Rolling Stones on. Yeah. And. Yeah, they played Satisfaction all on kazoos. It was so funny. Yeah. 
I like the one where he thinks he's good at an impression of Mick Jagger. Yeah, that's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, if only... Well, the Rolling Stones probably did have music videos in the 80s, but I was like, if only he's remade one of their music videos, we could reference that. I hate to spoil um, the future of this podcast, but um, the Rolling Stones made one of the best music videos of all time featuring Mick Jagger, or not Mick Jagger, uh, David Bowie. The Dancing in the Street video. Have you ever seen it? Is that a Rolling Stones song? I've heard of that like Dancing in the Street... Yeah, Rolling Stones and David Bowie. Oh, it, they didn't Wait, write it. Is it it's was an it like old song. it was like released as a duet? Yeah. Oh, Dancing in the Streets, like the old R and B song. Yeah. Coming oh, okay. out around the world. Yeah. No, I have not. I haven't heard of this. I thought I'd heard of this, but I don't know what I'm thinking of because Pete, do not do not look this. it up until we get okay. there. Okay. It's I truly the don't. Best. I was. I think I was conflating the Little Drummer Boy video, which of course is. Yeah. Incredible. amazing yeah uh with him and with bowie and bing crosby and i think i was just thinking that i knew it i don't know i think i was just thinking i knew what you were talking about but i definitely have not heard a version of that song aside from martha and the vandellas so yeah um they they covered it and it is um i'm surprised you haven't even heard the song that like is... no i don't think so i mean it... does it show up on a david bowie album no, I think it's a Stones album. I think. Okay. I want to say it was just put weird. on a best of without having been released right. before that. In under pressure. Or something kind of weird situation. like that. Yeah. Although the debt, that probably showed up on a Queen album if it showed up anywhere. Under pressure? Yeah. Yeah, it was on a Queen album. Okay. Which one? I believe it's on a greatest hits like Queen Gold or something. Nice. Yep. Yeah. Nice. Have you ever listened to a full Queen album? No, and I don't. Yeah, people, people, because that movie came out and they they had heard the Bo- Bohemian Rhapsody and We Are the Champions before. They're like, God, I love Queen, and like, wow, Queen, oh, much like wait. the Rolling Stones. What? Continue. No, continue. I just, I, I think you might have an opinion on Queen. I would not have guessed, but go ahead. I, I just, I think people are like, I love Queen because they've heard <laughs> the two songs yeah. and. They don't actually love Queen because Queen, while a talented band who had great hits, I would never yeah. listen to a Queen album. Okay. I guess technically, I think I have listened to A Night at the Opera a couple of times. Mm. Um, I do I... like Queen. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say you just didn't like Queen at all. No, I just... just going to blow my mind because you seem like a Queen a queen i i like queen i think queen has some of the greatest rock slash pop hits of all time that's you know Mm -hmm. not debatable however i also think they probably didn't really care about releasing albums they probably only cared about their singles that were coming out yeah i don't know i yeah i would say that i think queen are amazing but i also really yeah haven't heard much outside of a greatest hits album so but also, I, want, I wish I liked Queen more. I'll say that. Yeah, that's kind of fair. I just don't like how in, it's kind of like the Stones, where now they're just kind of like a T-shirt brand. Well, Queen. I mean, I guess the Stones did that to themselves too. But Queen really yeah. leaned into that for some reason. Yeah. So. Oh well. Um. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good little. You know that kind of wraps up. I think a couple episodes ago we talked about 
music biopics and we really yeah. i think the queen one's really the only one we didn't talk about so it's good that we got all of our bases covered there yeah uh it, it was bad that biopic i i think that's all that was yeah. said about it which is yeah yeah i did not see it and i don't want to i saw the scene that was going around twitter when it won best editing mm. um and it made me not oh. want to watch it because it is the worst edited scene. In yeah, I any think movie. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not impressive or like that interesting. No, it's actively terrible. Mm-hmm. Um. Hey, while we're totally off base, yeah, we can. I mean, we can. Peter, this stay is the f- this is the foreplay session of our podcast. So we that's can... true foreplay. As everyone knows, the entire body of the podcast is open for business during foreplay. Exactly. Exactly. You can, you can, you can bring in new ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything safe in this foreplay mm-hmm. space. Yeah. As long as it's just sort of uh, you don't come on too strong with anything. You know, yeah. don't switch the mood too fast. No, like nothing like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Um I was gonna ask you, I was thinking this week I don't even know why. I think I was thinking this week because uh, for the first time while listening to the Rolling Stones, I really enjoyed the album we're going to talk about this week and did yeah. not really want to stop listening to it. Uh, but I did make some time to listen to some other stuff because there was some other music I was very excited to listen to recently. But what I wanted to ask you is a question that I don't think we have ever addressed on mic in this show. Okay. Potentially is PJ. What else are you listening to, man? Oh, is this a new segment? I think it might be a new segment that we should probably take a break for to find a song for because I didn't actually think yeah. about before we started that it should be a new segment. God damn it! Uh oh, we could do the singer, not the song. <laughs> that piece of shit. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. We didn't even have to cut this out now. It was the perfect part because I thought of that so fast. Thank God. Are you going to edit that out was my only question because <laughs> I had something to say if you're going to edit. Yeah, I'll uh, edit it. Um. Oh, you come on. <laughs> I don't believe you now. I will. Oh, I was just going to say right before we started, I realized on the episode three or whatever, you like left in at some point the music cut and I was still singing along under my breath and you just left it in and I wanted to say fuck you for that. That's all. <laughs> Because I sounded like such an idiot singing along with no music. It's very funny to me. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Pete. PJ. What have you been listening to this week? Besides the Rolling Stones, of course. You know, yeah, nothing. I don't... Oh, wait, no, one new album. I was going to say, like, nothing that's even that new. I just... Um, actually have not been listening to a lot of music recently. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, well, not for some reason. I know exactly why. When I wasn't working for several months of 2020, I did not listen to music very much because it, I usually listen to music when I'm commuting, whether walking or driving somewhere. Yeah. Um, which was part of why I enjoyed starting the show back up with you because it gave me kind of a reason to listen to some more music. Um, but yeah, I've been given, so I, I'm listening to a couple albums that I didn't get to in 2020. 
first of all, the the new Heim album. Uh, I don't know if you listen to them. Haim? Heim? I'm actually I think it's on that. I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I think they say yeah. Haim. Okay, Haim then. Yeah. Which I don't usually like them very much. Yeah, it surprised me that you yeah. said Haim. You know, I am easily swayed sometimes by random reviews, mm-hmm. and I came across some review that the guy, what did he compare it to? It was Fleetwood Mac and something else in a way where I was like, huh, that actually sounds pretty good. And uh, it's fine. <laughs> There's like yeah. four songs on it that are really fucking good. And then a lot of songs that are just fine. So, yeah. What uh, Have you been listening to anything aside from the Stones? You know, um, this week I have been listening to a lot of the... Uh, the George Harrison album, All Things Must Pass. Ooh. I've probably nice. listened to it three times this week. I've just been super yeah. into it. It's one of the hmm, the best. It's one yeah. of the best albums of all time. Yeah. Certainly really the is. best single, like solo Beatles album after they broke up. Uh yeah, no no question the best solo Beatles album, I would say. Yeah. Um and then uh Wait, 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 real quick. Do you yeah. have the... Are you listening to the standard version of that, or do you happen to have the deluxe version available Ooh, to you? I've got the deluxe version. Okay. My favorite song on that album is a deluxe song, which usually doesn't happen, actually, with me, mm-hmm. but usually I find deluxe versions just not that interesting. But what is it? Um. Oh, God, which one is it now? It's I Live For You, which I th- it, I don't remember which I disc it's a bonus you. track yeah. on, but... That song's has, awesome. Has the best slide guitar I have ever heard in my entire life, man. Yeah. It's, or Pedal Steel. I'm not sure which it is. It's slide. Yeah. He's... Okay. He... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's such a good... Every song on it, though, there's not a bad yeah. song on the deluxe There really either. isn't. And then there's another song off that album that always blows my mind. Um... I think it's Wah-wah. Art of Dying. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you heard of Wawa? <laughs> yeah, it is Art of Dying. Um, yeah. Sorry, that's going to fuck up your editing, but I just had to play those out loud on my phone to remember which song I was thinking of. Uh, Art of Dying, which sounds like just w- like 10 years early somehow. Like yeah. it's such a... It does not sound at all like it should have come out in the, or been recorded even in the 60s. It's pretty wild to me. Yeah. There are um, a lot of songs like that that like sound like they were maybe recorded in the 90s or the early 2000s that are like, yeah. you know, from the 60s or 70s. Um, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd sounds like it could have been written yeah. three months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the recording, I mean, it's not yeah. saying anything new, but just the recording on that album specifically is also incredible like really in a way good. where yeah it could have been recorded today fine or the the um, faces um ooh la la you know that song yeah. that yeah. also sounds like a very like late 90s song but it was you know the 70s yeah. it is nuts when that happens yeah um yeah what else you were gonna say you were listening to something else oh um the 
Tyler Childers album, Country Squire, I've been listening to yeah, um, this that's week. A, that's very, it's, very good. It's a really good album. I love um, country music like that. Like, I'm really into Tyler Childers and um, Coulter Wall and... Uh, mm-hmm. Sturgill Simpson, I like sometimes. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What do you think about the newest Sturgill Simpson? Yeah. Did you listen to that one? Yeah, really? just eh. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite uh, Sturgill yeah. Simpson. He's he's a weird one for me because I love him, but yeah. I thought I only liked him when he was like super country, just because mm-hmm. I didn't like the third album at all, the um, Sailor's Guide to Earth right um and then but then i really liked the newer one so i think maybe i just didn't like the specific production on that one with all the strings and i don't know yeah that kind of thing going on was just not doing it for me because he released um i think this year he did an album that's basically every song he's ever written done with a bluegrass band yeah um which all of the songs off sailor's guide to earth on that i really like uh, mm-hmm. so I think I just don't like the production on that album mostly. Yeah. It's a weird one. Um, see, I, I'm not a, I'm not big on his like super duper country stuff. Oh, I love his first album is primo Yeah, stuff. It's, see, I, it's very good, but I don't think it's bad, but I think it's like, I prefer some of his like less country stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess so I would lump all those people along with some others, um, like a Margot Price or a uh, Nikki Lane, for example, uh, into Nikki Lane, I would say is very similar to Tyler Childers. Okay. Uh, Who's that other anyway. one that I really like? Um, she was a child actress, Jenny. Um, Jenny Lewis. Jenny Lewis. I love Not her. country, but that's fine. No. She used to be country for like a yeah. minute. Right, that's what or I was. She was part of the fun Americana movement in like exactly. 2010. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, I, but that made you... me think of someone else who I'd put in that boat. Oh, not really, because she's probably too famous. Um, I was going to say Casey Musgraves, like a little bit. Yeah. But I think she's too famous to be part of this group. But all that group I is what so. I just consider to be. I mean, that's the like country that I like, but I think the through line for all of it is that they are all really into drugs. And that's, that's fair. what kind of sells me on it. I mean, like every rock star or, you know, singer, musician to some degree is going to do drugs. Yeah. But like, it's all like a key part of their music is being stoned yeah. or doing psychedelics or stuff like that. Right. So, well, and they like use real instruments. Well, Where that like, helps too. Yeah. 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 Um, one of your ex-girlfriends uh, told me to turn off Jenny Lewis at one point because she was just like, it's just too country, which is why I wanted oh. to bring her up. Um, she was like, it's just too twangy. And I was like, oh. you're being ridiculous. I don't know that. What was the band Jenny she... Lewis was in? Oh, Rilo Kylie or Rilo Kylie? Yeah, it was a Rilo, it was a Rilo, Kylie, Rilo song? Kylie song. She told oh, me. Oh, I can't speak for Rilo Kylie. Then I've never heard them. I think I listened to one album of theirs once and didn't. It's like the it. least poppy. I mean, it's the most poppy, least country album she's ever put yeah. out. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rilo Kylie's not even. They were trying to be like an emo yeah. pop band, right? I thought. No, not really. I mean. Oh. 
Wait, really? I kind of always thought they were just like trying to be Death Cab for Cutie, but didn't make it. Oh, that's what you mean? No, they're like poppier than that. Okay. It's a really good song, but she was like, this is too country. We turn it off. And then I believe I then informed her. Is it's 15 by Rilo Kiley. I like this, man. I should check out it's, whatever album It's a is really on. good song. It's called yeah. Under the Blacklight is the album. Okay. Because I was going to say, like, most Rilo Kiley stuff I've heard does not sound at all like newer Jenny Lewis. I think I listened to the album something about a plane. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and it was very like early 2000s pop rock sounding, and I did not like it. But yeah. But she shot. The she oh, had takeoffs and landings was the one. That I oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know I how to no get back in this. Clue how to get back. Well, let's just leave it all in. Who cares, man? <laughs> I'm sure people would love that. People are so interested to hear. I honestly wonder if you listen to this show, if it would actually sound, because to my mind, that was like a very different conversation than we would have done on mic. Yeah. But I wonder if you didn't listen, if it would sound different at all, or whether it's like we're just as casual on mic. <laughs> That's a, I don't know, man. That's a good question. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a conversation. We'll start recording all of our conversations before and after the podcast, and I'll just throw one in in the middle sometimes. That's a great idea. I mean, you have occasionally thrown stuff like that in, so yeah, yeah. Um, Jenny Lewis, yeah, great. Love Jenny Lewis. Wish she came out with an album every year. Um, but yeah, I truly have no idea what we were talking about in a way. That... Oh my god. We could just do an actual hard edit point and yeah, come we'll back with like... here, Edit point. And we're back. <laughs> okay, and we're back. We had a very, very long conversation about... Our personal lives. Yeah, about our personal lives that is not going on the show because anyone involved could be listening and that's exactly. Okay. Um, pretty Pretty uncomfortable if you ask me. So, but you've I been listening so. to a lot of... <laughs> A lot of Rilo Kylie sounds like. Yeah. PJ's been digging into the Rilo Kylie oh. discography on Spotify. You know, to especially all those unreleased B sides, man. That's where the I, real gems are. I just, I just love her so much. Rilo Kylie is a beautiful, beautiful yeah. voice. Everything about her. Yeah, that's a real. Um, wow, this might be another edit point, but I was, I just tried to make a reference that locked my brain up so bad. Did it happen with the Rolling Stones yet? Where Holy shit, I like literally don't know what I'm thinking of. At some Can point in the Rolling Stones, I was listening to the Stones and it made me think of the story um with Pink Floyd or not the story, the lyric in Have a Cigar or whatever mm-hmm. where the record label guys like, so which one's name which one's Pink? Where's Pink Floyd? When right. they like go to a meeting. Um and for some reason, something in the stones made me think of that. And now for my life, I can't remember because I don't know how that would come up with the Rolling Stones. Was it, um, which one of you is, uh, 
what the fuck is their fake name oh that... nakerfeld yeah maybe yeah that's possible um that'll be the real conversation i'll leave in but what made me think of it yeah is just that rilo kylie sounds like they would have had a meeting at some point with a label and they would have been yeah. like so right Ry- you're rilo no, no no i'm jenny which one where's mm-hmm. rilo is rilo here yeah Th- thank you for just doing my joke back to me peter <laughs> I was trying to explain why I was talking about Pink Floyd without, I just stopped talking for 30 seconds, then started talking about Pink Floyd. So I was trying to connect the dots. God damn. Have you ever been hanging out with somebody and that's what they do? They're, yes, like, for I sure. remember in, in high school, somebody was like, or, or we were talking about Led Zeppelin. He's like, I love him. And I was like, how do you think that that Oh, I thought you name? meant explaining your joke back to you. Cause I'm like, Shelby oh. does that like three times a week to me. Yeah. <laughs> in a very like legitimately funny way to me where I'll just make a joke and then she'll say it. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, yeah, I know. That's what you were saying. And I'm like, why did you repeat it back? And then we have fun. Yeah. Um, I don't think I ever have actually talked to someone, although it is a huge pet peeve of mine when bands, uh, two things, when bands have a person's name as the band name, like Rilo yeah. Kylie, or when a single person has like a full band name is also bon really stupid. Yeah, Bon Jovi is a perfect example. <laughs> yeah. That, that's both in one. Yeah. So, um, was his real name? His real name was Bon Jovi, right? John Bon Jovi. Yeah. Like, that was his... Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was his genuine, okay. like, birth name. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. As far <sighs> as I know. Boy. PJ, this is the last time I try and bring up anything that's not related to the rolling stones on this show because we got so far off base so fast we truly did this will <laughs> not be a bit for the rest of the it i mean yes we can never talk about what else we're listening to and honestly no. at this point i'm thinking we leave all this in because that's a good 30 minutes of content that yeah <laughs> that's we're never sweet, gonna sweet get back. content yeah i mean all right i'll leave most of it in <laughs> i just thought it would be nice for like we're two we're two young dudes listening yeah. to 60 year old music i thought it would be semi-interesting to be like i don't know we don't we obviously don't just listen to music from the 60s so what else are you listening to and i right. came up with a band that was supposed to sound like fleetwood mac was what got me into it mm-hmm. and then you mentioned and then we got into a very we we talked about country music that sounds like it was made in the 70s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, a very loaded country music conversation to some degree. So, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it was a good we're idea in good theory, be Peter, but, you know, on on paper plans work out great and then you try them out and Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You just snowball downward. I also got like halfway through the newest Playboy Cardi album, which is Oh. Good. Actually, I don't like music by people whose pants are too saggy. <laughs> it has a Kanye West feature as the second track, which mm-hmm. is actually really crazy to me in 2020 that that would be something anyone wants. Like he doesn't seem at least musically like he should have any cachet anymore. But yeah, I mean, the name. Do you know that he's dating Jeffree Star now? It wouldn't necessarily surprise me. I mean, he seems like yeah. the kind of guy who has a lot of things on the side going on. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Both personally and professionally. Like featuring yeah. on this Playboy Cardi album. I hear that he is also the Gorillas, so. 
I were you disappointed when they stopped doing live shows behind the screens? A little bit. Because I kind of was. I was like, it was. Well, so, it seemed so cool to me as like a twelve-year-old kid. Yeah. That it was like you. I mean, you didn't I know didn't who really, they were. Right, and it seemed very, very cool that it was like they were actually trying to release music as like a fake yeah enterprise like it just seemed interesting and cool and then probably like five or so years ago they just completely stopped doing it it was kind of they a bummer music that videos the but... main dude was the guy from blur yeah that too because i like yeah. blur and i like the gorillas but it's kind of lame that they're the same thing exactly yeah like the gorillas seem like they should be cooler than that i guess than blur but... for sure yeah yeah oh well a lot of music talk on this one, Pete. It, it's a music. It's a music show. Also, That's this is point. why we don't just do a general music show because it would be insane nonsense, right? Even more than it already yeah. is, it would be insane nonsense for an See, hour. Yeah, our foreplay can't be that long. At some point, no. your nipples just need you need to slap a bandaid on them and call that good. <laughs> Get to the business. That's right. Hey, speaking of business, we got some Rolling Stones. And Beach Boys news today. Oh, oh yeah. This is the perfect news song. Just for syncing up later, I'm snapping on two and four. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Rolling Stones news and Beach Boys news and, you know, music news in general, PJ all around the globe yeah harvey phil quote unquote specter passed away this weekend pj how sad that a murderous man died yeah yeah you forgot to say star of the hit film easy rider i did forget to say that i'm sorry oh, yeah shit okay phil specter star of the ronettes and easy rider Pointed a gun at the Ramones and was... That is a story I don't know. Brian Wilson's obsession. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought that was kind of a famous-ish one. Yeah, when he produced their... I forget the name of the album, but it came out in like 1980 or something. When they were kind of over the hill and yeah. needed a, a pump up. Boost up. Yeah. Boost, yeah. Um, they got him to record one of the records. And I think it's supposed to be kind of bad, actually. But um, Yeah. I mean, by the... 1980, he, Phil Spector was nothing anymore. Yeah. He was really good at producing music in the 60s and right. early 70s. And then he, Wall I forget, sound, it might have no. been just, he might have pointed it at like the engineer or something. But like at some point there was an argument about like whether they wanted to, you know, do one thing or another for a song. And he got really upset and pulled a gun on somebody in the recording studio. So that was su- super cool of him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I have a hard time saying it's a big deal because it's not like he was yeah. influential in music, like you said, since maybe the early mid '80s, and even then, yeah. it was more influential just as a guy who used to be super famous. So, right. Um, but he at least came up like almost in every episode, probably on the Beach Boys, because Brian yeah. Wilson was, was fucking obsessed, obsessed with, him. with him. Yeah, and then the Rolling Stones worked with him for like one song. And yeah, I assume they'll work with him again. It feels like every band in like from 1968 to 1972 did something with Phil Spector. So I yeah. kind of assume the Rolling Stones will do something with him at some point. But 
I do like that uh, Phil Spector's whole thing was like, yeah, make the song loud. <laughs> and people were like, that's a fucking good idea. Yeah. Everything louder. Yeah. It's yeah. sort of like, um, you know, he's a little bit like, he just added added more and more. And it could have not worked at all. But kind of feels like he lucked out into it working. Absolutely. What if it just sounded like shit, you know? Yeah. That was his only idea. <laughs> See, that's any new genre, though. Everybody thinks they're going to be on the the cusp of this new thing that's going to take the world by storm, and then it turns out you're just in a new metal band. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, <laughs> the Slipknot saga. Yeah. Um, what's weird mostly about Phil Spector dying, uh, what I'm most intrigued by, is that no article that I have found actually says what prison he was in. Right. Which is I really weird. I assume he was still in prison, right? He I don't was know still that in for prison. a fact. Yeah. Uh, because wait i think so well he, he died been... so he died in a hospital right not in prison i think but i think he was still in prison and they just like took him to a hospital because he apparently had covid um uh, and he deserved it died from that <sighs> yeah um so but yeah it's just weird because it's in california like he went to a hospital in California, but like, I want to know basically, I basically I just want to know if he was in San Quentin. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah. But I'm sure it says somewhere. Cause he's probably tried to get parole before. And I'm sure it says there where he's at. Yeah, or do see. they not tell you? So then any of the specter heads out there, don't try and break him out. Can you imagine somebody being so obsessed with, well, Brian Wilson. Yeah. But uh, being so obsessed with Phil Spector that they're like, we're going to get, we're going to get him out. Yeah. I'm like, do you think Brian Wilson, well, I guess by the time Phil Spector killed somebody... Oh, no, in 2003. 2009 was like, when he was sentenced. Oh, okay. Do you think Brian would have been, like, sad about that? Or he probably didn't... Really you never know anymore. with Brian. Like, he probably didn't even, yeah, notice what he had done. Let's see. It just the says article the that California I read about... California Department Yeah, I just keep seeing vague references to prison in California, but... I want to know which one. I hope man. to God he was in San Quentin. I hope to God. I almost accidentally drove into San Quentin the other day. Really? Interesting story. Huh. Yeah, I uh, decided that I did not need Google Maps to get back to 101 and um, drove around on side roads for a while and then w- went down a street that I did not realize was a one way into San Quentin, but it was, so we turned around. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a good choice. Um,. But this article, the article that I read at least, uh, mentions Jack Nietzsche as being an important person in perfecting the wall of sound. Oh, Jack Nietzsche, who worked with yeah, Rolling Stones. Works, works a lot with the Rolling Stones, including on the album we're going to talk about today. So, yeah. Also, every picture of Phil Spector, he looks like such a fucking dweeb. Oh, dude, yeah. Like, I mean, I know it's not saying anything new that he has, like, a weird face, but just even when he kind of looks normal, there was some picture in an article of him in, like, 1970, and he actually, he looked the most normal I'd ever seen him. Um, But then he had, the only facial hair he had was just a, like, goatee, shaggy soul patch thing, and it was so gross Mm -hmm. and ridiculous looking. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, where it's like, man, even in a picture where you kind of look like a normal guy, you had to ruin it with insane facial hair. Yeah. And he's never yeah. looked like. I think it's because he has such a weird face. He's like, I gotta really distract from that, so I'll wear this weird Einstein wig. You know. Yeah, he's always had insane hair too. Like, I mean, even back yeah. when he just had normal hair, it's like he could have gotten a normal haircut. I don't know. He, yeah. I think he just, I think early on someone told him he looked eccentric in like a good way and he just decided to lean into that his entire life is my guess. This article doesn't say, but that's my guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, this article I'm reading uh, says exactly that, which is weird. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? CNN? I'm on New York Times. So, you know, a little different. Mine's on So. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. That's good that our intern wrote that up. Yeah. I mean, he'll write anything up that we write and just say it's fact. Yeah. So I, uh, we haven't talked about our intern yet. Maybe we'll talk about it next episode. <laughs> it's Big Boy from the band Outcast. He got he oh, got wow. upgraded from uh, just really? hanging out at the table to uh, he is now an intern. That's pretty fun. All of our interns so far come from the world of hip hop. PJ. I mean, we've only had mm-hmm. two, but it does seem like a trend. At yeah. Least, at least so far. Yeah. Who was the last one? Remind me. Uh, Takashi six nine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I forgot our last intern uh, was Takashi. Oh right. Well, he's gone now. I think he's yeah. fully under federal protection, so we can say his yeah. name. It got we hairy had, there to, for a minute, but yeah, we had to cut ties. We were getting Twitter DMs from the Five Bloods constantly. Yeah. So all they, right, they well, would start out with, "Hey, big fan of the show, but." Long time listener, first time caller. Yeah. Uh, we understand someone we want to murder is in your employee. Yeah. <laughs> can, can we get at him? Yeah. Just let us know his whereabouts. We won't implicate you in it. We won't let him know you told us. We just yeah. need, you know, gun to the head. Where's he at? Yeah. Yeah. P.S. So, you guys should get a phone number so we can call in and yeah, talk to boys. Make this a call in show. God, how sad would yeah. that be? We'd sit here for four hours without getting a call, man. Yeah. <laughs> Or Plus we would get one dude who. I mean, that's what I mean. Time. It would be too hard technologically to figure it out. No. No. Yeah. It's just we'd have to get so a burner cell, which I already have too many. So. I do love that Chuck Berry call-in show that just became part of the Beach Boys Boys Network. Uh, ring, ring goes the bell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're the they're the ones who could figure out the technology. Yeah, they'll only show and they, and they, they won't refuse share it to us. share it with us. Yeah. Selfish bastards. Yeah. Well, that's been Rolling Stones and a little bit of Beach Boys news. Okay, well, PJ, you want to uh, take a little break and come back to talk about Aftermath? We have, for the first time, we actually have like an album recording process that's worth talking about for the Rolling Stones, which feels like a huge Ooh. deal. I think, yeah, let's, uh, let's take a little break a break. Let's do it. And we're back to the Rolling Stones studs. Uh, have, have a good break, PJ. You timed that bite perfectly. I'm so good. Really oh yeah, he's yeah, he's <laughs> What you a uh, little little slice of zaw there? 
Yeah, it's cold pizza. Do you remember, PJ, the world before Zaw and after Zaw? By which I mean, do you remember watching the Parks and Rec episode where uh, Adam Scott calls it Zaw? And that was the first time mm-hmm. I think anyone that I knew had ever heard that. And then the next day at school, all we would say was having a slice of Zaw bra. Yeah, Adam Scott is on the forefront of every trend. Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if yep. he did a podcast, you know? Sure. I think I think if he was on any podcast, it'd be really good, and it would have a really good format. That's true. The format would be nice. Like, the general idea would be pretty good and, like, yeah. worth trying in a different way. Not copying, but just, like, kind of no. worth reinventing, like, with new people. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good yeah. point. New and definitely talking about better bands. Yeah. And being equally as handsome oh yeah oh for sure i do get and this is a little tease for the listener at home uh i have heard adam scott not that i actually look like him but that he is the closest celebrity lookalike that i would have nope they're wrong that's interesting oh yeah i think here's the deal everything else about me nick thune but the nose i think adam scott has my nose so okay I used to yeah. get Jack Black also, as a teenager. Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. And then you, when I shaved my head and I had a really big beard, kept telling me I looked like Action Bronson. You do, kind of. I don't remember I've that, but that. you kind of do look like Action Bronson. Um, I also personally think, no one's ever told me this, but I think I kind of look like Bob Weir a little bit, too, if I'm clean-shaven. I could see like that. Whoa. Bob Weir from like the late sixties, very young Bob Weir, but yeah. yeah Especially I definitely see that. You have in a very college Bob Weir when face. I had long hair and a clean shaved face. It was yeah. Yeah. Huh. I've never realized that. And I love the Grateful yeah. Dead. Who PJ, who doesn't, man? That's a fair point. Trucking. I was actually I gonna right? say I should edit that out so people don't know I'm actually a uh, uh, Grateful Dead fan. I've never heard anything aside from trucking. <laughs> I've heard trucking, and then I've heard about 40 minutes of a bootleg of their show they did in Missoula in like 1975 or something. So, oh, that must be awful. Uh, it was actually pretty good. Like their show in Missoula was not bad. Like it was fun to listen to. But I also, I went. I can't a... listen to their live albums. Oh yeah, can't, I went through a it. period where I like got really into jam music. So. Peter, like, what was your favorite jam band? Well, that's tough to say. I guess, okay, really into is a strong word. There was a period there that coincided with smoking and ingesting a lot of marijuana uh, in which I thought that fish were legitimately very good. But you you fucking my tried defense, to get me into yes, fish. In my defense, the fish that I liked was a maybe eight track YouTube playlist of like very specific fish songs that I thought were good. And I, I did try listening to like other fish yeah. that I hated, but there I were like fish. six to seven songs that I really loved by them. I, so I fucking hate fish, dude. They I do have Trey Anastasio's voice. Well, I thought we'd talked about one of their more recent albums. Weirdly is actually fantastic. I, I would never say the... that. Hmm. Interesting. You may have talked about it. I said nothing about it. I guess I thought I'd at least played a couple of the songs for you. 
You did, and I said they were bad. Really interesting. Yeah, this was this was they, after a Beach Boys Boys recording. It was not oh, on. Okay. Yeah. They just seem they seem up your alley. Is all I'm saying. At least certain fish stuff. No, dude, can't do it. All right. Well, BJ. Anyway, let's get to aftermath, man. Yeah, this is all. Speaking of speaking of fish, let's talk about the Rolling Stones. Yeah, perfect. Hey, speaking of music, let's pivot (laughs) to other music. (laughs) So, the Rolling Stones and aftermath. This is like I teased before the break. This is actually the first album where we get to talk about the Rolling Stones, like yeah, recording process. Yeah. And like the fact that their lives influence their recording, which is very rare for them. Um, so right now in the band in 55 and early 66, actually most of this album was recorded in early 66. So there's actually like stuff going on in their lives that they record, that they base their songs off of, which is really blowing my mind here with the Stones. <sighs> that is, you know, it, it, it has been a big change to go from the Beach Boys to the Stones in that the Beach Boys would sing about anything in their lives. Um, yeah. True. A bird like, outside. County fair. Accounting fair, yeah. Hitting up Whereas the Whereas the Rolling Stones are like, we broke up with some ladies and we're really yeah. sad. I mean, to some degree, that's all this is, but uh, just... Yeah maybe a little more original more in than depth, they've been yeah. doing before yeah or a little more specific so so a lot of tension a lot of tension in the rolling stones right now pj a lot of clenched jaws a lot of like back aches and you're just like why is my back hurting that's weird and it's all just stress you know like yeah, a lot of that my back hurts because my boyfriend blew it out last night <laughs> a lot of that happening too man yeah i mean just any any way your back could hurt is happening to the Rolling Stones here. Um, and mostly, of course, the life of rock stars. It's women and money, man. It's what it's yeah. all about, PJ. When it comes down to it, there's two things in life that drive everything. Taxes. Wait, that's going to be three. Women. Yeah. Money. I mean, money is taxes, you know. It's all the same. Yeah, that's fair. So I think the two things are brown-eyed women and red grenadine. So. Sure. That works too. I mean, everyone, there's two kinds of people in this world, PJ. People who think the two things in this world are women (laughs) and taxes and the people who think the two things in this world are brown-eyed women and grenadine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So this is after, just after Alan Klein became their uh, manager and got them their one million pound advance, uh, which here's a question for you. How much yep. do you think that advance weighed when they got it in cash? Well, a million pounds, of course. Of course. Are you asking me in how much in kilograms? I think I'm asking you in stone. Oh. How many um, stone did it weigh? It's about 90 stone. Yeah, probably. <laughs> give, give uh, so all the Rolling Stones uh, decided to live the British rock star's dream and buy their own country estates. And cool. uh, little red sports cars, I assume. And uh, honestly, are now... the coolest thing that British rock stars do is like, I'm gonna it's, buy a castle. Obsessed, and like, they're yeah. obsessed with an estate, man. It's so weird. I mean, I yeah. I guess I get it because in America you have that kind of stuff too. But yeah. 
It just, but in America, like they'll just buy a million dollar mansion among other million dollar mansions. Right. Whereas like British rock stars in the sixties would they buy want a plot a of land house. where they, yeah. yeah, they would buy a country house that was used to be a castle, and mm-hmm. then they would you know drive their sports cars to and fro. Yes. Yeah. That's the life, man. And they uh, are now kind of firmly entrenched in the like new high society of London made up mm-hmm. of all the other rock stars and artists and movers and shakers here. So here's the, here's the band dynamic PJ Brian, as we've talked about jealous of Mick and Keith because they are Luke's good little boys and write mm-hmm. all the songs. Right. But Apparently, according to or in the eyes of fans and critics, most people outside the band still see Brian as the like artistic kind of direction or genius of the yeah. band. Um, like we talked about in that scene in Mad Men. Exactly. Yeah. Like to the layperson, they still think Brian's like the artistic kind of push uh, inside right. the band. And this bugs, of course, Mick and Lug. Because Brian's an asshole and not particularly helpful in the band. Uh, he he starts contributing more musically on this album, for sure. But like up till now, when they're touring especially, he's just not helpful to the point of, you know, all the rest of the band hating him. Um, right. So, at this time, also, here's where the ladies get involved, PJ. Brian oh. swings mm. this. Wait, wait, wait. Can I just <laughs> talk about how much I love ladies for a second? PJ, nothing would be better. I just love ladies. That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Is that the end of that segment? That that was it, yeah. Okay, nice. We'll have to get a theme song for that in post. Yeah, for sure. Uh, It'll so be yeah, the so full Brian's song score... intro. Oh, yeah. And then me saying that. And then the full song has an outro. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, so Brian has this total smoke show of a girlfriend, apparently, at the time. This German mm-hmm. model named Anita Pallenberg, who will become, through the rest of the 60s at least, um, according to some Stones historians, basically mm-hmm. a sixth Rolling Stone. Because she will end up having a huge influence on their songwriting and recording process and have a say in like what their band's sound is and all that. Okay, Um, interesting. But right now, she's just this babe from Germany who's making Mm -hmm. Mick and Keith jealous. So she, I mean, in a sense, is like a really hot George Martin. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And she's really good at harpsichord solos. So, yeah. Yeah. In good. that in yeah. every way, she's like George Martin. Yeah. Um people don't know this, but the Beatles actually all passed around George too. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh so Brian after he starts dating Anita, things are going really well. He kind of has a uh mental he kind of gets out of his slump, I guess you could say if we're giving him credit for maybe being depressed and not entirely just a terrible human being um and so he starts getting more involved in the band again and this record is i don't know if it's a high point for his involvement exactly but it's definitely 
agreed upon that he's he's super important to aftermath and it being good and the fat and how he kind of helps the rolling stones pivot away from being a covers band to finding okay. a new musical direction uh also okay. there's a weird reference in the wikipedia page to him and anita having an s&m relationship so go brian cool. yeah good for you dude so it sounds like basically the whole band ended up crushing on Anita for various reasons. Uh, okay. Mostly Anita was, they all thought she was really smart and oh. she was. So in, they like her for her brains, not her body. Uh, it seems as though, yes, they're all very focused on how smart she was. And also uh, she is very sophisticated is a word that kept being used, which I kind of assume is code for either like has rich friends, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, un- I'm unclear exactly what sophisticated means, but she, ba- she represented what the stones wanted, which was to be, I don't know, in a, in a higher class of people right. uh, and friends than they currently had. So Mick was pretty jealous because he thought his girlfriend, Chrissy Shrimpton, was her name. So, Wow, what a terrible name. What a name. Uh, what did she do? She was a model, of course, naturally, okay. as was yeah. Anita, as was, mm-hmm. I think, Linda Keith, who was Keith's yeah. girlfriend, which, nope, she didn't Weird. take his name as her last name. Her last name was Keith. His first name's Keith. They just figured it out on the fly, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No blood tests in Britain back in the day. Um, so, yeah, all models, which is weird, I guess. Yeah. I got to assume, because, I mean, they probably all did modeling at some point, but it also just seems like maybe just a generic tag, like people in Britain or in like the London mm-hmm. art scene gave themselves because yeah. they didn't actually have jobs. So that's what they told people right. they were. Yeah, to to be in the cool like mod crew, like I'm an artist. Yeah, exactly. Which, yeah, yeah. Which is they what say they're models. Most yeah, of the all Beatles... the guys are like, I'm a poet or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. Which it, before the Beatles were like big, mm-hmm. they all told people they were artists. Like Paul McCartney and John Lennon both were like, Oh, I'm an artist oh, yeah. because they did art. I think right. either whichever way they pivoted, they were like, Yeah, we'll be set. Yeah. We're cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like they weren't. I just feel Actual like models. Yeah. Like, it's not like they were dating Twiggy, for example. Right. They were just, <laughs> I mean, they were just yeah. hanging out with photographers. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to get across that, like, it's not like their girlfriends being models. It doesn't seem like meant that, like, they were automatically in this, like, high society class. It was more just that they were part of, like, the art scene in London. So, right. Anyway, um, so Mick was kind of jealous because. He thought Anita was a better girlfriend. Keith was jealous because uh, I think he just thinks Anita's hot. I'm assuming Keith doesn't seem like he thinks about too much more than that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so all this bleeds into their songwriting and recording of this and really bleeds into the entire rest of the 60s through the end you of You know Brian's what I say about that, though? So, what's that? Let it bleed. What's that? I said, I said, let it bleed. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you broke out there. 
you can take my real laugh and edit it. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really thought you just interrupted me to then just not say anything. And I was like, man, fuck you. Um, so we have some singles. Only okay. one of which I think we'll listen to right now. Because there's only one single here that doesn't show up on an album. And I think it's the first single so far in the Rolling Stones discography to not show up on any album. I don't know. Maybe okay, it shows okay. up on one later, but a uh, 19th nervous breakdown does not show up on either version of aftermath. All right. So th- this one doesn't ever show up on an album. It might show up on one of the compilation ones later, you know, right. but it doesn't show up on aftermath, I guess. So that's why I want right. to listen okay. to it now. Um, Because this was part of a string with Paint It Black and Under My Thumb, I believe, that were all really big hits on the run-up to Aftermath coming out. So it's just kind of a big deal for the Stones. Um, Especially because they were all originals and all kind of their newer sound. Although I think 19th Nervous Breakdown sounds more like like Get Off My Cloud kind of to me than Paint It Black. Yeah, I mean, it it is still newer than their, like, blue blue it is still newer than their like bluesy sound though oh for sure yeah but it i mean i don't know it just it kind of sounds i mean this is a very slim period between like out of my head and aftermath but it sounds more like that new rolling stones than the new new rolling stones (laughs) yeah i do like it though oh yeah i think it's It's, a really good song it's a good song yeah However, I also think Get Off My Cloud is one of the best Rolling Stones songs, so... For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I like this one quite a bit, but... um, Yeah. Yeah. Little country, man. They just... They've been doing the country thing for a while. Like, I thought they didn't get into the country stuff till like, later on, I guess, but... Yeah. No, but it's... It is, like... Yeah, you can hear the little, like, country, you know... uh, What do you call that? little tinge a little influence yeah a little like reference to country yeah. you know? it, lo- it looks it's, good on it's it. like really it fits good. keith's yeah. voice for sure or mixed voice i mean i think a lot weirdly he yeah. likes certainly more than the blues yeah for certain yeah um this was also their first album that they really felt like they had time to record because uh, i think they actually got a break <laughs> okay. from touring and right. uh they like purposefully both from their engineer and like Luke, they just got a lot of space to experiment more when they recorded, you know, lay down more tracks yeah. and all that stuff. Um, okay. The aforementioned Jack Nietzsche is a significant part of this album too, mostly in that he kind of tag teams with Brian nice. the entire record and helps Brian like work out his ideas. Um, okay. Which uh, mostly is helpful because the rest of the band is really hates Brian right now and would probably, even though like, I think they all agree his ideas are good now. It seems like if there wasn't a Jack Nietzsche type person there who they trusted telling them the ideas were good, they would have not let Brian help like, yeah. at all, cause they were all very fed up with him. He, um, he would apparently just get too stoned or, start tripping or whatever and just like lay in the studio and just like stop recording for a few hours while they had to 
they just waited for him to leave. Sounds um, like Denny. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Nietzsche worked a lot with Brian and had has one story um, about, he just, he said they're really, really mean to Brian, and he, like, yeah. wasn't sure why, but apparently at one point they, um, Brian was bugging them about a harmonica part that he thought would work on some song. So they were like, okay, fine, man. Yeah. Go into the studio and record it. Sure. So they like, let him go in there and play it and kept being like, all right, yeah, play it again. Try it again. Yeah. Try that again. And he was like playing so intensely. He was apparently his gums were bleeding, (laughs) which is really intense. Uh, and I don't even understand the logistics of that. I know, How maybe just his lips, whatever. It said he had blood on his mouth when he was done. Okay. But um, they did not record any of it the entire time. They just sat behind the glass oh. and waited for him to be done and kept being like, all right, try it again, man. So That's such yeah. a dick move. I know. So that's a good window into how much they did not like Brian. And Oh, my God. Just kick him yeah. out of the band. It's a little crazy. I mean, part of it is just that, like, I have to think Luke especially would be nervous that if they kicked him out of the band at this point, it would really damage, like, their ascent into oh. stardom. Right, because um, everybody thinks he's the artsy one. Right, and, yeah, yeah, public perception is that he's, like, a main force in the band, which he kind of is. And, I mean, definitely, it seems like in hindsight, he contributed enough musically that Mm-hmm. I mean, they still might have been, they still might have gotten to where they, to like early 70s stones without him, but who knows? Like, I, there is a chance that they didn't make it out of like the mid 60s without him. So, right. Who knows? I mean, who okay. knows, basically, but I, I, yeah. Aren't letting him go yet, although it seemed like it was close all the way up until they actually kick him out. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I think we were talking in like early 1964, there were stories about them wanting to kick him out. So, um, they were never a huge Brian fan of Brian's. Yeah. So although, so Mick and Keith did write most of the music, um, and mostly wrote it during the end of their 65 tour, there was a lot more, since they had more time in the studio, there was a lot more like contribution contributions from the band when they would sit around and improvise and like play through a song with no lyrics yet and just kind of throw stuff out there. So um, like paint it black apparently started as like Bill and Charlie just messing around. And then they were like, Oh, that's cool groove or whatever. So um, according to members of the band, that song paint it black and under my thumb, I think it was according to some interview with Bill thought they should have been full band credits. Cause both of those songs were come up with like more, by the full band than mm-hmm. just Mick and Keith working together. So, okay. Um, yeah. Also I found somewhere, I forget. I re- I've read a few things aside from the Wikipedia page this week and I forget exactly where I saw it, but there was some Bill Wyman quote from later, like the nineties or two thousands saying that he was surprised or like felt at the time, obviously didn't really say anything, but felt at the time that Luke should have like opened up, songwriting a bit more to the rest of the band and was saying i think it was in reference to this album because the whole thing's credited to mick and keith right um regardless kind of of how the songs were come up with and he thought lug was a little ridiculous for like just insisting that it was them but 
I, yeah. it sounds like they really were trying to chase the Lennon McCartney thing to the right. at least to appear that Which, way. I've always thought it was shitty, like that they would be credited on the album, like like the Beatles, um, like you know George mm-hmm. Harrison would be credited as guitar on Lennon McCartney songs. And Ringo would be credited as drums, but they never got a part of the writing credit, which right. I think, be, I mean, because they were, Lennon and McCartney were writing the the lyrics and the, you know, the melodies and stuff. But like, I don't like George Harrison and Ringo Starr, like such a driving force of the Beatles. It's a little bit bullshit mm-hmm. that they didn't get writing credits for at least their musical parts. You it's know? a weird line to draw. Yeah. Cause it's like, but then on other Beatles songs, Paul there's I forget the specific song but there's some famous story Mm. where he like kicked Ringo off the drums and was like I'll just fucking play it myself because he kept trying to tell Ringo how to do it here comes the sun which wasn't even his song yeah right and so like so there's definitely stuff like that or like there's also famous Beatles stories of Paul or John sneaking into the studio to record stuff without the rest of the band because they didn't think it was right um so like yeah i don't know it's a weird thing and it would get very complicated paying those royalties if you like had to scale it all but um but it just seems like it just seems kind of unnecessary to like insist on certain people in the band being songwriters and like the rolling stones had done the full band credit before which is why it seems a little weird that like now they're not they couldn't just say well, like, even if they don't use the pseudonym, like, it still looks cool. Even if Lug, here's what I'm trying to say. Even if Lug wanted them to have a full album that looked like Lennon McCartney, you know, I think, like, it would still look really good, I think, for two of the songs to just say the Rolling Stones as the writers, you know, instead of yeah. Mick and Keith. Like, it still looks impressive. I so, mean, I don't, I don't think know. the Beatles did an album where it was entirely Lennon McCartney ever. That's true. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Maybe he was trying to one-up them or something weird. Luke's a weirdo, so yeah. let's just say and he's only like 19. <laughs> so Keith played almost all the guitar on this album, which is good okay. to know, because uh, Brian was busy uh, fucking around with weird instruments the entire time. Um, of course. And Keith also played a little bit of the fuzz bass that we hear on here. We hear a lot of fuzz bass on this album. Uh, yeah. most of it's bill, but then a couple specific lines that we'll kind of call out when we listen to the tracks were apparently Keith. Okay. Um, and Keith also had a couple interviews, a couple quotes about how he, uh, he apparently was very unhappy with Brian at the time for leaving him to do all the guitar work. But in hindsight, he said he kind of appreciated it cause it, he got to try some more stuff. He kind of had to work outside of what he'd usually done before and i think you hear it there's a lot of guitar tones and styles and like guitar lead lines that we have not heard from them before yeah it's a very different sound on this album like just all in all but especially like the tones of their instruments like up until this point even on their good songs it's been like we've heard it before but this one Mm -hmm. has like all new kind of kind of production stuff like that yeah um so Mick also had a fantastic quote that feels very validating for us. Um, mm-hmm. He said he was very happy to be working in different music styles and genres. 
saying uh, that they'd finally laid to rest the very nice and interesting, but still cover versions of old R&B songs, which we didn't really feel we were doing justice, to be perfectly honest. That's almost exactly what we said last week. Yeah, uh, agreed. Agreed, Mick. You were not doing them justice. Mick, good job. Yeah. But I think that quote, if I remember correctly, I think that quote's like from 1966. So they, at the time, apparently were not loving it. So they were aware. It's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also appears that almost all of their new sound here between Brian's instrumentation stuff and all their songwriting was just 100% rubber soul envy. Right. So, yeah. Uh, that I think will be apparent when we listen to the record. I get that. I mean, rubber Soul's a fucking awesome album. It is. It's also interesting to listen to now because it does not sound, especially compared to some later Beatles stuff. It doesn't sound that trippy or that like kind of earth changing um it's like i would say aftermath is weirder than rubber soul Um, oh for sure and so it's very interesting that like rubber soul got them all shook and like needing to try new stuff um but i guess just goes to show in the time how weird it was i do think that rubber soul is like one of the greatest acoustic albums of like all time yeah because it's mostly acoustic stuff yeah um the lyrics are interesting here, mostly because, again, they're like actually about stuff and about more specific stuff for the Stones. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of them were written while they were on tour, so it's a lot of stuff referencing them being on the road, and also like being away from uh, their girlfriends and stuff. And then also a lot right. of songs specifically about either women they meet on the road or their girlfriends at the time. Um, yeah. So and Anita. And uh, Anita. So um, maybe some of that. Well, I don't know. I think it's pretty obvious what the songs are about, honestly. Like, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. I had some specific stuff written out for like Flight 505 is probably about touring, but I think we get it. Yeah. <laughs> One other thing here. Uh, so the original title for the record was supposed to be called or it was supposed to be Could You Walk on the Water, uh, which Lug was really obsessed with. Uh, uh, bad name. Bad name for an album. Uh, yeah, Decca and London refused because they didn't want to make Good. Americans mad. Uh, you know, Christian Americans mad. Yeah. Um, which kind of turned out to be prescient because this happened apparently like right before John Lennon had his comment yeah. about the Beatles being bigger than Jesus and it blew up. Although it didn't really hurt the Beatles in the long run, obviously, but even really in the short run, I think that was like a f- one month. Yeah, like and weird it was like album burning I protest. I wasn't comparing ourselves to them as as persons or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but kind of solidified Decca and London stance that they didn't want a like religious overtone kind of thing happening. So. Mm-hmm. They decided to call it Aftermath, which no one in I think it had to have been come up um brought up by the record label because no one in the band likes it or wants to take credit for the title they all thought it was shitty oh i think it's a fine album title yeah it's fine i think they were just really innocuous to i think having something more like like edgier psychedelic i guess yeah edgier uh, whatever they they just they were really set on i think could you walk on the water so um 
And then apparently Brian in particular really hated the UK album design, which was by Lug. He thought it was really shitty looking. It doesn't look great. It looks like, um, like looking at it, it looks like a Halloween album. I really love it. Just real quick for the, I mean, obviously anyone can just Google it here, but it's a, it's kind of an off kilter, like a tilted photo of the band uh, with a purple lens tint over it. And Which then it is, says I mean, it aftermath, kind of similar to um, Rubber Soul, right? Uh, and then it says it has aftermath and like these big block letters uh, that are sort of also off kilter. Um, I think it looks cool, honestly. Like I, I like the font in particular that aftermath is in. The U.S. version of the album cover is definitely supposed to be trying to be rubber soul because it's the rolling stones with like that's like weird and out of focus like they jiggled the camera when they took it yeah and uh that one definitely is just trying to be rubber soul like and i think that's kind of a shitty album cover but it seems like both of them are honestly i don't know man i honestly i really really like the uk one but whatever i don't think it's it just reminds me of halloween yeah i don't get like it, it looks like the monster mash is gonna be on um on this album. There aren't any jack o' lanterns on the cover, so is that not um, what those are? Oh, those are their faces. No, those are that's okay. just that's just what <laughs> I have resting. That's just what Charlie face. looks like. <laughs> Honestly, man, that picture of Brian after he got fat. Okay, sorry. Um, I think that's kind of it. We could get into the track by track soon. Um, I think I'm going to say there's a little more to talk about in terms of the lyrical content, but let's save it till after we talk about the record, maybe. Okay. Uh, Would you like me to play the UK or US version? So let's go ahead and do the UK version. The US track list has all the same songs. They just cut like four of them. So let's start with the UK one, I guess. added one, right? Okay. Yes, and then added one, but... The UK one will basically get us all the songs in one sweep, so we could start there. Okay. Plus, that's the uh, one that I listened to most this week, so. <laughs> Same. Makes me feel so. good. Nice. Mother's Little Helper. Love the feedback, man. Brian coming yeah. in hot with the sitar. You know that Brian's the kind of asshole who like even though it's terrible for recording was sitting on the ground crisscross applesauce mm. playing yes. his guitar getting really into it apparently Mick and Lug I mean they were partially just like shitty to Brian but they apparently would talk a lot to all the other engineers and stuff about how they thought Brian was just like an idiot for trying all these weird instruments <laughs> so I assume Brian was doing that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. um it's good this is a good song this is a really good song it's yeah one of my very favorites on the album it it it's definitely up there for me um it is nice to hear something that is so different than anything they've done before yeah i know even without the sitar this would be like a very a a huge left turn for the rolling stones yeah the first um good so harmonies Yes, great harmonies, a catchy yeah. melody, a like interesting songwriting style that has zero traces of blues or R&B in it. Right. 
It's pretty fantastic. I also love that the name of it is Mother's Little Helper. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely did not realize this song is going to be about pills, but it makes perfect sense that it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It is. All right. Stupid girl. Stupid girl. I think this song is one of many on this album that sounds like they're trying really hard to be the Beatles. Yeah. And we saw that a little bit on the last album we listened to, um, where it is they're just trying to be the Beatles, and it doesn't work for them. Um, I actually, lyrical one, content aside, because I think that's worth maybe a whole nother conversation. I really like this song. I think it's really catchy. I think the organ is fun. The drums are fun. Like, it's a really nice kind of poppy yeah. rock hit. So I think that them being the Beatles on the last album really annoyed me. I do yeah. think this is different enough to where it's like pretty good. It is still a little bit annoying and it's not my favorite on the album, but it's still yeah. good. Yeah, it's... I guess I'll say later on the album they have songs that bug me more, but it's because they're just worse. Like, they're still trying to be the Beatles, but it's just a bad song, so... Right. If it's a good song, I don't care how similar it sounds to another band, it's still good. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's Greta Van Fleet's whole thing. Yeah, and they have, like, one good song. So, it sounds exactly like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. It's really disconcerting. This is way off track. It's really disconcerting when Greta Van Fleet has a song that's totally not Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And it it it's like hard to listen to because they're so perfectly yeah. Led Zeppelin. And then it's like you're hearing exactly. Led Zeppelin if they had released like a Nickelback influenced album, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> just like weird yeah. generic rock music from the 2000s all of a sudden. Right. Yeah. I think that all that music came after they were like, uh, don't say we sound like Led Zeppelin, okay? Yeah. It's like, don't cop their whole style and then be like, don't call us that. Yeah. Um, this anyway. song has the first thing that, when we were talking about Keith experimenting on guitar, on this album, he does a lot. I don't know enough musically to know if it has a name, but the little like guitar jabs where he's doing a power chord or doing like a bar chord and just hitting like a bunch. Uh, yeah. He does that a lot on this album, and this is, and I like it a lot. It's fantastic. Yeah, what would you call that? I don't think it has like an official name. Cool. I mean, it's kind of from jazz, I guess, but yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't. Right here, Lady Jane. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it was about. Oh, what were you gonna say? Words. Oh, it was just about. But Lady Jane. Um, this is Dulcimer by Brian on this record or on this track. Do you know if it's hammered dulcimer or like a mountain dulcimer? I think it's a mountain dulcimer, which I only say okay. because on Wikipedia the photo attached was a mountain dulcimer, but unclear. Because okay. if he can fucking just figure out how to play hammered dulcimer, that's insane because that shit is hard. Yeah, I guess I would kind of assume it sounds like not that, basically. I can't tell, honestly. I don't know. It sounds like it's strummed, though, so... That's, yeah. Um, I really like... The dulcimer stuff. That's maybe all I can say positive about this track. I kind of like uh, Mick trying to be like a crooner. I kind of like it just because it's like funny. 
I don't know if he's trying to be a crooner. I just only picture like the weird mid 60s medieval kind of fad that yeah. was a thing. I just feel like they're trying really hard to be like a, I don't know, royal, like a. Uh, yeah, like he's just trying to put on like an old, um, like medieval like minstrel a, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, now I can hear that and I don't like it as much. I yeah, no, I don't. I still like it. I pledge my. I like it. I he, actually feel like I'm Bowie. Yeah, that's true. I think I might yeah. like this song if it just wasn't the third song on the record. It's just a weird, like, immediate slowdown that I don't dig. This might be a good, not the not the first song on the B-side, but, like, if it was the second song on the B-side, that'd be a yeah. better placement, I think. I agree. Yeah. Or even, like, the right. fifth or sixth song on the side one, just so that it's not so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, real quick, actually, over this song. Um, This is a really long album. It was the longest album released. Yeah to that point like the longest single disc record at 52 minutes which i honestly didn't even know they could fit on one disc because yeah. usually it maxes out around 20 minutes on a side and they somehow fit 25 half an hour to 26 i do on the side. have yeah 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 all right under my thumb so the marimbas by brian here and we got bill doing the fuzz bass and again, the little guitar jab thing. This is one of the best songs of all time. It's so good. It is. It is really good. This is, I think, maybe the song that like got me into the Stones. Like, obviously, when I was a kid, I had heard like a ton of Rolling Stones stuff. Um, but then. Uh, this song came up on my YouTube recommended in like 2006 or <laughs> seven, like early nice. YouTube, yeah. and I was like, yeah. And I listened to it. I was like, I fucking love it. It was this and Beast of Burden right in a row, and I was like, interesting. Oh, yeah. Holy shit! I love the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I this I would have said for a long time was my favorite Rolling Stones song. Yeah, it's really good. Um. It is really good. I think, like with Stupid Girl, it's maybe worth mentioning the lyrical aspect later in this show, but Just aside from that, that it's fantastic. It's kind of a whole yeah. thing. Okay. I don't want to get on a soapbox in the middle of an album, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Wait till after. Honestly, this song, I don't know. It would probably be pretty good, but the marimba really like solidifies the song as like, a great song. Um... Bill had a funny quote somewhere that was he was talking about how Under My Thumb should have a full band credit because he's like like we came up with yeah. stuff Brian did the marimbas and it's not really a song without the marimbas <laughs> which is pretty funny and also like they apparently had tried recording it without that before so it's just funny imagining just Bill yeah. standing there being like this sucks there's nothing here man yeah. like <laughs> and then Brian hops on marimbas and he's like oh now we're cooking I really, really like good guitar yeah, solo I, too. Yeah. See, one of my favorite things about the Stones, uh, even at this point, is I like 
that they they'll have a solo and then that same guitar tone and like some of the little references to the solo will continue through the next verse yeah. which like one of my biggest pet peeves is uh when it's like a killer killer guitar solo and it's nowhere else in the song yeah it's just like yeah but they're really good at incorporating it that's um that's really interesting i'd never thought about that with the stones before specifically but that exact thing is part of the reason that i love two other completely different songs that i think have some of the best guitar solos because they do the same thing where the solo keeps going like for the rest of the song basically after right. the solo's over it's one of the i don't know coolest things you can do i think yeah. it'd be it'd be it really terrible works, in yeah. every song but like it really makes a song. All right. Don't you bother me. Oh, yeah, this song. I had zero notes for it. <laughs> I was <Yeah>. like, what? what? <laughs> don't you bother me. Piano is really good. Yeah, it's solid. I yeah. like it generally, but this slide riff is the laziest fucking thing. It's I mean, so ridiculous it's, yeah. that their hook is yeah. just one note sliding up to a single note. It sounds like a song you'd write the day you learned how to play a slide guitar. Right. That's this is the one song everybody writes when they like figure yeah. out G open G tuning and right. like Yes. Like, oh my god, off? it sounds so cool. Yeah. 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 But there is a part of the song in a minute that I really like, so Okay, well I was about to skip it, so I now I won't. Ooh, this part ooh. I love when he gets on that crash symbol. See, I was about to compliment Charlie as well. Um, Charlie, I think, is one of the greatest drummers only because his like lead-ins are so good. Yeah. Like his little drum fills. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, this one's not great, but it's also definitely yeah. not bad. Like, it doesn't slow down the, the album at all. Which no, is nice. it re- yeah, it moves forward still. This is going home. You should be happy that I... So going home is an interesting one. Uh, first of all, this is Brian's harmonica on this one. So we're probably going to skip through this a little bit because there's people who aren't looking okay. at this album while they're listening... Yeah. It's about, what, 12 minutes long? It's an 11-minute long song. 11 minutes. The first, like, three and a half or so are this, and it's yeah. nothing special. Yeah. Do you want me to skip into, like, four minutes? Yeah, now? sure. <laughs> I think you're thinking, how did we get here? Yeah. Apparently, they had going home, but they didn't really know how to end it. So they were just doing some take, and Luke was like, don't end it, just keep playing, like, keep recording. And they just started, like, vamping, and Mick started scatting, basically, and then it just went on for 11 minutes, and they all thought it was brilliant. Yeah, this was the one that I kept, like, when I was listening to this album, I was like, I don't need to listen to this again. So just I mentioned, it's so long. Yeah, I mentioned earlier that I listened... To music mostly while I'm commuting so I'm walking to work right now and I have about a like 25 minute walk to and from work so this song on the UK version it's halfway through the album so it is perfectly situated to like happen like I listen to it every single time I walked because it would like yeah 
it would just get to this point and then I would be like, I don't want to spend half my walk listening to this fucking song. Right. So, I actually don't hate this as much as I did originally. It's too long. The actual song part sucks and it yeah. is too long. It's like if they had made the actual song part about two minutes and then scatted for like five, yeah, maybe. Or I could two. see loving it. Yeah. Um, I, I've just skipped forward and there's still three minutes left in the song. Yeah. It's at about the six-ish minute mark, I think. There's a pause in the drumming that supposedly is when Keith throws something at Charlie. But then I re—I listened to it after I read that somewhere, and the guitar doesn't stop. So I'm a little unclear on how that's supposed to have happened. But anyway, um, here's the deal. This song is in the... It's the end of side one on the UK version, and it's the last song in the album on the US version. I think this needs Good to be choice. the last song in the album if you're gonna put it on the album. Uh, it's a you know I'm not move mad to make you listen to it in the middle of a record. <laughs> that's fair, but you could just flip it over. So I think it's fine. Well, true, that's true. To, I think it should either be where it is, last song on the B side, or the yeah. last song of that album. And oh. I mean, it'd be yeah, it'd be super fucked up if it was like not on the end of either well i just i'm not a big especially when i'm like trying to purposefully listen to an album like this i'm not a big skipper so it really bugs me when it's at the beginning because if it's at the end of the album i can just kind of turn the volume down and like start doing something else with my day or like let my mind it would be better at the end i agree but they made the second best choice so going home flight 505 that's it yeah uh this song fucking rules. Oh, 5505 is good. Yeah, I kind of thought I hated it the first few times, and then it it caught me. I got the bug. I like the little piano intro, too. Yeah, is that still Ian Stewart? I don't know. Him or Nietzsche, probably. This is the most jaggery he sounded yet oh more than under my phone i think they're about equal yeah but i think this is a little bit more yeah oh there was that little that little fuzz bass riff that just happened it was apparently Keith's addition which is really awesome yeah yeah i mean there's nothing particularly original happening here but it's just like everything they're doing is spot on it's a re- it's really good. It's very tight. Yes. Yeah, it is. Alright. It's also got a little bit I... of that patented British black humor. Uh, cause yeah. the last lyric is about the or the last verse is about the plane crashing while he's on it. So Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Kind of this is high and dry. This, how did they not get like a jug player to sit in on this song, man? How did Brian right. not learn jug? <laughs> yeah, it really sounds like, yeah, they're trying to be a uh, swamp band here. But it's good. I like it. <laughs> nice, PJ. Um, this song is dumb, and I love it. 
It's kind of a good song, um, like lyrically, where we're talking, where they're being not great people in most of these songs. It is a nice uh, sort of self um, reflective song where in the lyrics, yeah. like they're getting broken up with, and it's because they were a bad person. So, yeah, you know, so they know what's that going feels on. They're good to hear. Yeah. They're self aware. At least somewhat self aware, yeah. This is a good song, though. I really yeah, like, I like whoever's, I, pl- whoever's playing the 12 string. Yeah. Um, I really like Mix. Like, he makes a lot of weird vocal choices and how to, like, yeah. sing words on this song, and I like almost all of them. That's how I feel about Flight 505. He, d- he sings certain words really weird, and I like it a lot. Yeah. Even this harmonica solo is like, I'm into it. out of time so this song is incredible it's really good the marimbas are really good on it the marimbas are great it's like actually a straight up just super catchy song which again like the rolling stones don't do a lot um i love everything that's happening here so much like this song alone I could get into the Rolling Stones if you showed me uh, Very of its time. Like, if you played this song for me and I knew nothing about it, I'd be like, that was 1966. I think it's just the weird echo that's happening. It might be. Um... And this is this is kind of R and B. Like I could hear like the Supremes or somebody singing this, and it's really fucking good. It is really good. This is definitely the best Stone song I've heard so far that I didn't already know. Already know before we started the show. It's a deep cut, but it's really good. Let's say that again. I I said it's a deep cut, but yeah, it's like really good it is it's a little long for me i feel like by the time they get to the last verse and chorus it's like i we got it um yeah i read somewhere on a future compilation album there's like a three and a half minute version of this that might be the yeah (laughs) sweet spot there the other thing about this song actually that really bothers me is that in the chorus he says well in just a second Apparently the end of the chorus. Okay. Wait, no, it's in the verse. God damn. You really fucked that one up, Pete. I know. Now we just have to wait and listen for That's fine. This is a good song. It is. And I like the acoustic guitar lines going yeah. on here, man. This part. fashion okay i am convinced in my heart of hearts 
that this song would be twice as good as it already is if he went my poor old-fashioned baby or like my poor discarded baby my poor old-fashioned girl instead of baby a second time yeah it like it was just a weird thing where when i first listened to this song the first time he sang that i was like oh he's gonna say baby and then he's gonna say girl and then once he didn't do that i can't i will never be convinced that it wouldn't be better if he switched it to girl on the second line it's also like there's a lot of babies in the chorus yeah there's just too much and it's like i just feel like it's how did no one in that recording studio go hey try saying girl one time yeah it it's like every writing teacher if you use a word too much they're like you gotta stop using that one word yeah well and i just also feel like him saying girl would just like fit because it's like a shorter line i don't it just i don't honestly really even know quite how to explain it but i'm no i know exactly there are certain songs where the lyric always bugs me because i think it's something else yeah and like it should be and it should be man it should be anyway all right it it's not easy This is some more Keith fuzz bass, I think, here, yeah. Again, another blues one. It's It's solid. It's good. It's way better than, like, I'm glad that they're playing with their tones and sounds and stuff. It sounds really nice. Um, We are definitely... Oh, go ahead. I think I hate fuzz bass in every other band, but, like, whenever the Stones do it, I'm like, it's good. I'm kind of a sucker for fuzz bass. I think, on the other hand, really? I think I almost like it every time I hear it, just because it's a pretty rare thing. It's rare, but, like, some people just don't use it right. Like, what's yeah. another song that uses it that you're like, yeah, that's not a Stone song? I'll get back to you next week on that, PJ. Okay, thanks. I know I know it in other songs, but, yeah, not off the top of my head. I think maybe I'm just thinking at this time... Yeah. Period. Like in the mid to late '60s, it it like wasn't perfected yet, but the Stones like use it really nicely. Okay, here's a 130 greatest fuzz songs. Oh, they mean guitar. Never mind. Oh, okay. God damn it. Okay, there's a fuzz bass Wikipedia page. Cool. Anyway, yeah, just Think a fuzz song really from good. Rubber Soul. Under my thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sly and the Family Stone, but no specific songs. Just all of them? I don't know. Oh, here we go. It's got selected songs. Let's go to the 1960s. Uh, Lana by Roy Orbison. A bunch of Beatles songs. Uh, the Beatles did it great, too. That's without saying. Yeah. Jefferson Airplane? Mm. She has funny See, cars. I think... See... I don't know, man. Oh, White Light, White Heat, uh, Velvet Underground. That's what okay, I'm thinking of. White enough. Light, White Heat is a great, yeah, fuzz bass song. You're, you're right. You're right. I take it back. But All right. this is definitely a longer list than I was expecting. Yeah. All right. Next song, I Am Waiting. Uh, some more dulcimer here. I like the dulcimer and the acoustic guitar stuff, but this is a very boring song otherwise. It's very boring. Yeah, and especially this, this late in the album when it's already an extra yeah. long album, it's so unnecessary. You can really hear them trying to be the Beatles in this song, um, 
but doing it really poorly. This, yeah, this is my is, least favorite song on the album. This is, along with the next two tracks, the three that I think are totally unnecessary here and also are trying the hardest to be the Beatles. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not much to say about this. I'm going to go to the next one. Take it or leave it. So, so Beatles. Yeah. Also, apparently Brian's using a Japanese koto here. I don't, I don't know what that is. There's a bunch of, like, organ in the background, but it's like, I think it's a stringed instrument, but I listened to the song a bunch and couldn't figure out where he was playing. Yeah, this is super rubber solely. <laughs> this part especially. Yeah. It, yeah. Skip it. Think. <laughs> A little bit fuzz of fuzz bass. guitar. Oh. Could be oh, bass. Either know. way. Could be high up bass. This sounds like this would have been a 1963 Beatles song, honestly, to me. Right, like early Beatles. I do like this one more than the other two that, like, yeah. before this. Oh, I'm not. I mean, it's fine. I think it's, like, it's not a bad song, but we're at track 13 here. We're at, like, yeah. the 50-minute mark. Cut this shit. Cut that. Yeah, cut this one, the one before, and the one before. Yeah. I agree. This is the best of those three, though. Because I, I had written... Yeah, I had written that down too where this is a slump in the album, but this song is like it's got a nice groove. Yeah, true. Alright. What to do. What to do yeah. I really like this one. So what what songs does the American version cut out? It cuts out. Mother's Little Helper. Okay. It cuts out I Am Waiting, Take It or Leave It, and Good. What to Do, I Believe. Interesting. I think okay. those are the ones that it cuts. And then it adds Paint It Black. So it's right. a shorter album in general. So I think that maybe I would like the American version a little bit better. Except oh wait, I, but it also cuts out of time. Yeah, but the I was yeah. gonna say this is the very end, but the American version I do like better because it's shorter. But it cuts out what to do, yeah. out of time, and Mother's Little Helper, which are like three of my favorites. Those so. are those are good. Yeah. yeah. Um, what to do is good. Yeah, great. I love again the country Ooh. adjacent yeah. stuff is fantastic. It's also and crazy the that they're on, doing good. Beach Boys backing vocals basically with the bow wow wow yeah. thing. Right. It's nuts. They've gotten good at vocals. Yeah, I don't know who. I feel like we have to credit some engineer or producer who like talked them through yeah. it on this record, but it's spot right. on here. And yeah, Mick sounds great. Um, PJ, do you have an album Peter. rating for the aftermath? UK. UK. I think I do, and I think I'm gonna go seven. It's PJ, a good listen. I am also yeah. going 7 out of 10. 
it's, it's a, a good, it's a good album. album. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, and you can start I, seeing those little those yeah. little peaks of the stones, you know, as we know and love. I like actually had mo- multiple songs from this album stuck in my head all week. I mm-hmm. like actively looked forward to uh, listening to this record. It was all just it was a yeah. crazy crazy for the for the rolling stones is good seven i think is a good rating yeah and crazy where the same that almost never happens yeah. almost never um shall i are I we, feel like we're not gonna go it through happened the with, entire wait, u.s oh, sorry we're not gonna go through uh, the entire u.s album right just no. paint it black okay i feel like actually it happened at a similar point for us in the beach boys discography where we rated something yeah. like right before they got really good, where it's we're both like, yeah, they're like the same level of pretty good right now. <laughs> right, I think like party and um, yeah, yeah. What was the Maybe one right days, before Pet nights. Sounds? I don't know. Yeah, Summer Days, Summer Nights. Okay, and then yeah. So yeah, so the U.S. track list. Um, so it replaces Mother's Little Helper with Paint It Black, and then side one is almost the same, but they put yeah. Think instead of Going Home. And then side two cuts a bunch of songs and ends with going home. So yeah, yeah we can probably just listen to Minute Black for sure. Thing. And then we could just leave yeah. it running while we talk about some other stuff, maybe. This song is a perfect song. I think oh, it's no so good. Maybe the first argument. Rolling Stones song I ever heard. Um, like, knowing it was the Rolling Stones. Nice. Being like, who is that? Yeah, it's... Um, I felt like a real dork, but when I listened to this this week, it, like, blew my mind in a weird way where I was like, I've heard this song a gajillion times, and yet... I like it just put it on and it was just like holy fucking shit this is crazy and great it's such a good song yeah um and it it like brings back nostalgia because of Guitar Hero obviously I wanted to talk about that but I'll let you finish first but I have a lot of thoughts (laughs) um I just have Paul a friend of the show been on the show friend of Um, the show Paul yeah he uh would would Every birthday, he would make me uh, a slideshow, and he thought it would be funny to use this song every time, because he was like, it's the perfect slideshow song. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, why the fuck is this song on Guitar Hero? I don't know. It's a sitar. Yeah, it's a sitar, and then like there is guitar, but the guitar is all chords. Yeah. It, it I know I as well grew up with this song being on Guitar Hero and it being like a it doesn't make any sense big song on Guitar Hero but it's so yeah and it wasn't even on like Guitar Hero 9 it wasn't right it was, it was like on the original one Guitar or two. Hero yeah yeah it's insane that that's oh god and especially it's, it's very there's so weird. many Rolling Stone yeah. songs to choose from yeah like you have satisfaction like yeah so like it is weird and i remember that bugging me when i was a kid too because i was like super into ravi shankar and Mm. like that beatles era and i I was like that is for me to realize but yeah it's it's, yeah i I was like super into the idea of like owning a sitar when i was in like 
Hmm. Fifth nice. grade. I wanted one so bad. It does bug me on both Rock Band and Guitar Hero when they'll have you play stuff that is just not at all like the lead guitar yeah. line. And you're like, why? Sometimes why? they'll do why like the the piano or the synth line, which is such horse shit. I mean, yeah. Like, I know it's called Guitar Hero, but really it's just a rhythm game like any other. So. Yeah. Um, this is pretty perfect. It's and a great start to the album. One of the best songs. It's, oh, it's a really yeah. great song to start the album. Imagine if the UK version cut all those shitty ones, and then this was the yeah. the A-side opener. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I feel like the US one... Did you... What did you think about the US one versus the UK one? Did you have a favorite? Or one you preferred? You know, since I listened to um, the UK one first, I think that was the like hearing the the American version. It was nice to have painted black on there, but that was yeah. really. I think I preferred the UK one in that it had. It was the it was the one I listened to mostly. Yeah, I think it would probably be a similar listening experience either way. Yeah, but. I just don't know how they left Paint It Black off that UK album. It's such a good song. I don't, yeah. It's weird, because, like, I definitely prefer a shorter album. Like, 50 minutes is yeah. my least favorite album length of all time. I either want it's it to be so 40 or 80. Like, a 50 yeah. or 60 minute album is horseshit. But anyway. Um, so I did not like how long the UK one was, but the US right. one mostly... It doesn't. It cuts out songs that I really love from the UK one, so it's tough. Yeah. I think I would also say that I prefer the UK one, but only because if the US even had one of Mother's Little Helper out of time on it, I think I would like the yeah. US one just like a tad more. But yeah, I guess I'll well, put it I this think... way: the UK one has all the songs I want, like in a way where I don't need the US one as long as it's have painted yeah. black on like a greatest hits album somewhere right so. and you know I think it's I only listened to the American one maybe once or twice yeah. um, but I listened to the UK one like a lot because yeah. early in the week Same. you were like are you listening to the UK one it's good and I was like dude yeah. I know it's good um, and so that was the one I kept listening I kind of did the same thing I guess so like, but yeah. I, I don't even know if I would have started with the US if I would have liked it better just because once I got to the UK, I would have been disappointed yeah. that they didn't have that some, some of them weren't on there. So. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you want to rate the US one separately? I feel like I'm fine. No, I don't think we have to. Yeah. I feel like it's basically it the same rating. It'd probably be a seven. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of those albums where there is a perfect 10 out of 10 album to me here if i could just come up yeah. with the right track list you know exactly i i agree um, i think it'd be a really nice yeah yeah although i kind of wonder like now i want to make this playlist the music nerd in me wants to make this playlist and see if it would actually flow or like how you could make it flow because i feel like paint it black and like mother's little helper like there's some songs where i don't know if they would work together on the same album as much but right you'd have to you'd, you'd have to swap a lot of stuff around yeah um okay so real quick at the end here let's talk a little bit about the lyrics on this record pj let's, let's um do 
basically or mostly let's talk about how misogynistic the rolling stones were and <laughs> probably are yeah. let's be honest but were then at least for sure it'd um, be weird if they got woke in the uh you know 2010s yeah um so what was most interesting to me about researching some of this album is that there were like reviews at the time that this that under my thumb and stupid girl in particular um were sexist which yeah i guess it, it's so weird that the 60s was uh like more aware of that kind of stuff than any other decade until now you yeah know? to some degree you're not wrong yeah and it's like it's it was interesting to me because i kind of was ready to be like well it's kind of of the time whatever that kind of mm-hmm. thing or like that's kind of how i felt without examining it too much um but yeah it's interesting that it wasn't or but then it, i mean it was like the 60s was so insanely sexist and yeah. like under my thumb weirdly makes me think a lot of James Bond of all things cuz I feel okay. like all of those movies I mean they're all super sexist but like often in the older ones his relationship with whatever the leading woman in it is is that she's like yeah. a strong interesting woman and then he like you know tames her by charms the end of her it. into yeah yeah i mean there's one where one of them is actively a lesbian and then he turns her straight so. right so like under my thumb just has a lot of those weird overtones of like that feel yeah. very of its time mm-hmm. um or at least of its time in in it being more talked I mean, about i guess but a, fe- uh, but in I'm a just way like, it's similar to now where like there would be uh like a like very conservative views of women that are still from like the 40s or the 50s like james bond where it's like any woman if you you know dick her down good enough is gonna you know want want you to be her master whatever you know whatever the weird feeling was those Uh, conservative 40s and 50s views (laughs) but you you know what i mean though dick a woman you know what i'm talking about though right like that very like overly masculine I mean, James Bond. In a general vibe. sense, I get what you're talking about. Yeah, maybe not the exact well, wording, but then but then there was like you sure. know the the summer of love and all that going on in the '60s yeah. as well. That was like very, I don't want to say the best, shedding the best light on like women and stuff, but it like they they were more aware. More equal. And yes, exactly. I mean, okay, well, so I would I guess. Kind of what I'm trying to get at is not... I don't really want to analyze it that much because a ton of people have done that through the years and I don't really know that it's worth... I mean, nothing we say is going to shed any new light on anything. Um, I guess it's worth maybe pointing out just a couple of things. As... um, So Stupid Girls, Keith has said in interviews was about their dislike of touring where they were just hanging out with groupies all the time and not enjoying that basically and their just kind of fed upness with the whole groupie thing which i mean maybe but didn't stop them from doing it and then um 
Mick for under my thumb. Apparently, at some point, he changed live. He started changing it to singing woman instead of girl, which does not make a difference to me, but he somehow seemed to think was making it less sexist. Um, and then also tried to say that it's like, well, it's supposed to be a back and forth, and I'm just singing about the part where the man is dominating, and you're like, okay. So that's something that they've said. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I think it's just worth saying that they were actually and maybe still are misogynistic assholes. Like yeah. Brian actively beat up women and I'm yeah. and Mick and Keith. Well, actually I don't know actually technically about Keith, they, but I know very famous they might get Mick, better. at least is terrible yeah. to many of his uh the women he's seen throughout Partners. his life. Yeah. So um and like, who knows what Bill and Charlie were doing, but they at least were like fine with playing these songs all the time. So yeah. it's, I guess it's more just like disappointing because songs like Stupid Girl, we can just kind of forget about. But like then yeah. Under My Thumb is like such a classic song and is so compelling musically that it's really yeah, shitty don't that really it is think about that. Yeah. super sexist. Um which, along these lines, under my thumb, there's a Tina Turner cover that we Holy should maybe shit. listen to for a second where she gender flips it. And it is a the one, I would say, if nothing else, under my thumb gave an opportunity for a female Tina artist Turner to gender to flip it and it to become even better than the original. And it made me think, man, like Tina Turner is great. Um but I don't think this version is all that famous, but it makes me wish Aretha Franklin had done a respect style cover of it at the time. That would have been cool. Because that would have been awesome, yeah. I do love Tina Turner. She has a great voice, I just don't love this version. No, it's really produced really badly. Like it sounds like it's from like the disco era, but You know what? Give me the the, the music on the Stones version, give me Tina's voice. It's great. Here's okay. Here's where "Under My Thumb" would have been actually like a perfect song. Is yeah. if Ike and Tina Turner had done it as a duet, where it was like alternating verses of like, "Now I'm in control, now I'm in control," and it really that was the cool. push and pull that Mick claims he was trying to write. Yeah. But yeah, her voice is amazing on this song. This is good. I like, like you said, not the '80s production, but her voice. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I don't think it's going to be the last time we're going to deal with the Rolling Stones being sexist assholes in this show. Um, mm-hmm. But it does make it tough to talk about songs like "Under My Thumb." Right. I mean. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, at the most, we, you know, we're just annoyed with the lyrics of the Beach Boys because they were too similar and not very, like, evocative of anything. Um, yeah. Until their later years, or mid middle years more so. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Although uh, then they got a good racist song in there early for us to deal that's, with. So, you know. They, they got a racist one. And then Mike Love trying to be woke. 
Yeah, there's no. Oh yeah, I forgot about that shit. Yeah, there's no, there's no perfect band probably from the '60s. I guess we've learned, but the mamas and the papas have never done anything wrong. Oh, never. No, no. Never. There's no yeah. nothing bad associated with them. No. Well, PJ, that's been aftermath. Uh, All right. A, truly a new era for the Rolling Stones. I think we can yeah. say. Like, yeah, we'll talk about that more next week, but yeah yeah next week we're gonna do a little this will you know this will be a, th- a good a nice throwback to all you beach boys 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 um yeah who listen to this and that's what we call our fans i think we've yeah now they're mentioned. the rolling studs students oh yeah you're right nice yeah. yeah um but we're gonna do a little bit of a recap next week and uh make our perfect track listings for Yep. What should be the Stones' first three albums, one in 64, one in 65, and one in 66, instead yeah. of whatever nine albums we've talked about so far. So, Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that'll be good. I'm excited once again to figure out Aftermath here. Well, well PJ, we're out of time. And going home on flight number 505. So it's not easy to end the show like this, but uh, I am waiting. And you can take it or leave it. Uh, But, oh, shit. (laughs) I gotta go see Lady Jane. (laughs) And I will see you on the other side of that wave, Pete. That sounds great. Bad.